Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Baton Rouge may be no Silicon Valley, and it may not even be the Silicon Bayou that was hyped in the early 2000s by the tech park and economic development folks. That said, there are some amazing companies here that are creating tech products and performing IT services in ways that are not being done anywhere else. And not only are these cool startups, but some are proven commodities, businesses that have grown from the ground up and been acquired by larger companies or private equity firms. Joining me to discuss this is Mo Veej, founder and owner of 365 Labs, a tech company that builds software and processes for public safety departments, courts and prosecutors, and first responders. Mo founded the company in early 2021 using his at Highland campus as its headquarters. The company is funded by Veej Capital, a private equity firm he founded in 2019 specifically to fund technology firms. And in the years since its foundings, 365 Labs has really revamped law enforcement systems for dozens of agencies around the country. Mo is no stranger to the tech world or to this show. You may remember he was a guest several years ago when we talked about his company, General Informatics, which he founded in 2004 and sold a majority share of in 2020 to a private equity firm. General Informatics continues to work out of Baton Rouge at the Ad Highland campus right next to 365 Labs where there is a natural synergy and Mo, we look forward to you telling us about that. Welcome back to Out to Lunch. Thank you, Stephanie. It's very nice to be back here again. Joining me and Mo at the table is Diana Liu, founder and CEO of Arex Technologies, an IT company that creates robotics software, which is the fancy way of saying they build robots. Specifically, the robotic systems Eric's creates perform inspections for the petrochemical industry, checking for corrosion, for instance, on the inside of pipes or monitoring the safety conditions of componentry and chemical plants and refineries. And that can be difficult and dangerous work for humans, but not so hard for robotic systems. Diana is based in the Baton Rouge area and founded the company in 2017 after spending several years with ExxonMobil. She is a native of Texas and got her MBA from Yale after getting her bachelor's in mechanical engineering from Duke. Diana, it is great to meet you and to learn about what you are doing and having you in, a, in the community. Thanks so much for joining us on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Well, Mo, let's start with you because tell us a little bit about, um, you know, just sort of briefly how General Informatics, you sold off a large piece of it, you're still a part owner, and then you went and created this whole other company. Sorry. It dovetails off of, of what General Informatics does. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, you know, we were, General Informatics was primarily an IT services company, and uh, we happened to work with uh, many public safety agencies and criminal justice systems and started realizing there was a need to almost uh, not just 
create new software, but there was an opportunity to reinvent the industry. That is ambitious, to reinvent the industry, industry, the whole law enforcement, criminal justice. Exactly. So, especially on the tech side of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the... it was suppo- it was going to be a pretty big task. I mean, it's, it require- it, we felt like it's going to require a lot of capital, time, and people. And um, the first company, General Informatics, was organically grown over the years, and we realized we didn't have that much time this time. And uh, and to have the right resources, we needed some capital, and therefore, kind of used you know not used but uh, we <laughs> decided to sell a good part of General Informatics, raise that uh, capital, and try to build the system. And we were in a stealth mode for many years, mm-hmm. um, trying to build things because we realized it's going to take a few years to build something before we go to market. And so in 2021, we finally went to market, and um, we've been perceived very positively in the market. And so it was the money raised from the general informatics sale, or your majority sure. share of it, yeah. that actually funded the startup development of 365 Labs. That's correct, yeah, exactly. And it seems to be doing very well. And we're going to find out about those dozens of agencies you're in. But, Diana, I want to bring you into the conversation. And and you are a very smart tech person and engineer and Yale MBA. And what, what you were working at Exxon and saw a need for robotics systems. And was this a totally novel idea? Or did you build off of something that was already in existence? How did this come about? So I think... Um, so number one, I'm definitely not smart enough to build this myself. I think the first thing is to find uh, people way smarter than me and get out of their way. So that's uh, the first thing I did. But um, yes, I was working at Exxon. I loved working for them. They have a, they're, it's such a, it's a company with such high integrity and focus on safety and doing things right. And what we saw was that we were just limited more by what technology existed in the world. It wasn't an industry problem, it wasn't an Exxon problem. And we actually tried to look for tech that we could use. And it was more, you know, when we didn't see stuff, but, you know, in the back of our minds, we're like, wait, hold on, this exists in other industries. If we can go to space, why can't we make, you know, robots to help keep people out of harm's way? So that's kind of what led to this. Excellent. And so you, you founded the company in 2017. Was it in the works for long before that? I mean, was it difficult to put this together or there were already enough pieces out there that you just sort of connected the dots? So I think when our founding team started, we tried to connect the dots with different pieces, but we found out that actually we ended up building it from the ground up. So um, I am so grateful for our first two engineers who literally, I joke, you know, everyone talks about starting out of the basement. We also sort of did up in business school. Love that. Um, I'm pretty sure they wanted to kick us out because we were like, hey, let's test out this weird little <laughs> robot on pipes in the basement. Security was like, what are y'all doing? Um, okay, so, so this, is, this brings to my next question, and then, Mo, I want to hear about your tech, but you actually have a little robot that checks the systems and pipes and everything in the plant? Is it like a little, <laughs> is it like a little guy? What does it look like? Yes, ma'am, I wish I could bring it, but it's actually, um, I just got a picture right before I came in here of it, uh, one of them high up in there, probably about 100 feet. So there, it depends on the pipe size that we're inspecting. Um, it kind of wraps around the pipe and it's about two inches on all sides, up to seven inches on all sides, depending on the pipe okay. um, and the robot. And it just kind of crawls by itself. Um, my husband jokes that we should program in some like beep boops just for fun. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, it's not that cute. <laughs> it's not that cute. No. 
Okay. Mo, tell us about the technology that 365 Labs is developing, because it sounds like y'all touch on a lot of different surfaces in that space. Yes, so, I mean, we don't have any cool robots. Uh, We are developing (laughs) few products, and I kind of brought some uh, things here for you to see. But uh, more importantly was, it was a, the need for the industry was, I mean, some of the things are not as, uh, use the word sexy, but it's, it's just what runs the processes in the government every day. And, uh, you know, an average person's idea of government is first they start dealing with the public safety people, it's, it's whether it's law enforcement, whether it's emergency services. So they go across the full spectrum, and there's so many different entities involved in this whole process. And every entity is trying to help you in their own little way. And when you go within the entities, there are other departments and there are other uh, sections who are also trying to do the best they can. Mm-hmm. And we realized it was a very simple problem that everybody was trying to help in their own way and therefore created redundant processes over and over again. So now, just like your company, we realized that even though there were some very big multi-billion dollar companies in this industry, uh, they had built these processes by just buying different companies, small companies, and when they tried to fix a solution, um, they just bring these different pieces to, you know. So it doesn't reduce the work for agencies. So something had to be done from scratch, and it's it's just it's one of those industries that changes every few months when legislation you know comes in and new laws come in and things have to be changed. And every county and every parish and every city wants to do things their own way. So the, there's a lot of moving parts constantly. So to keep something that could serve such industry had to be very dynamic, constantly evolving and kind of configurable, so those things could be done. And so what, like, what is the biggest problem that 365 Labs is trying to solve with its software, or maybe the top three yeah. in, in, in short form? One is to just simply bring efficiencies and re- remove the redund- repetition of work. An average uh, police report, if something happens, maybe have to be done six or seven times, because, you know, I mean, public wants statistics, government wants data, and these people who are doing law enforcement end up doing a lot of clerical work behind it to get everybody just you know uh, informed about what's happening. And the thing was, can we just pick up a like Uber? You know, you can click a button and you can get a ride, and you just get off, and you don't have to worry about payments. So, can we bring that kind of I would use the word common sense in this process? Where um, and then we started when we started doing this stuff and saying, hey, we can reduce the number of steps that go into initial interaction to getting things, paperwork done and you know, uh, criminal justice and all this stuff. If we can do that, there's a side effect of that was our second clientele, our second client is public. And we said we can bring transparency for the, you know, from, the, from the public side of things on the process and make them a part of the whole process so the trust can be built. So it started becoming from a both angles and the timing was right after COVID and everything and all that happened in the country. It just became a um, good solution from both sides. That's fantastic. Diana, awesome. what, what problem is it that your robots solve? Is it just that it was difficult and humans aren't quite able to do the level of inspection because of the configuration of plants and pipes? It's just too hard to really see what's going on inside of them? Sort of. So it's all of the above, um, essentially. So right now it's uh, kind of similar to what most there, you know, just a lot of different components, a lot of different pieces. And on top of that, it was very manual, very dangerous. It was people, you know, on temporary scaffolding 50 feet up in the air or hanging from ropes. And then, of course, if you're swaying in the wind, how accurate is your data? 
even though you know they're doing their their darn hardest and they're experts at it so why don't we take their expertise and let them do their job safely and you know have some robot doing the dangerous portion and then just have them analyzing um, so that's kind of uh, what we're focused on and specifically our what we're aiming to do is get them better, safer, and uh, faster data, um, a lot cheaper than what they're used to. And ultimately that can help prevent corrosion and leaks and unplanned outages um, and all those knock-on effects. And, and does your little robot, I mean, are they constantly doing inspections or is it like a weekly or monthly thing? Is this kind of data like constantly fed into the loop or just periodic safety check? It depends on the customer, so we definitely want to do whatever they want. So some of them might be a constant, others are looking you know, to bring us in once every so often, um, and then there's some that are looking at us on site you know, every single day. And are y'all the only ones in this space doing it? Is this like a <laughs> patented technology, or are there a lot of other companies? So we're definitely patented. Uh, that's one of our priorities, both U.S. and international. Um, there's other robotic inspection companies, but the pri uh, majority of them really focus on tank inspections yeah. while we focus on pipes. Mo, what about what about y'all? Tell me about the competition and how that um, affects sort of the way you go about trying to sell sure. this product. Because I know how law enforcement agencies right. can be, <laughs> and especially you. You mentioned county governments. And yes gets to be kind of old boys network sometimes. Right, no it is, and but at the same time, I mean we did the same process, we got you know, patents for many processes we developed, and uh, so, but I think at the same time when you are able to get to the right audience, there are two different audiences for us. One is the, you know, the chiefs and the sheriffs and the judges, and when they see things, so we have to let them see the big picture. Um, and that's the, you know, the first checkpoint for us. And then, then you always get uh, brought to people almost, uh, not almost, like mostly in multi-day demos. So they will go through our products over days and try everything different departments come. And we've seen that so far, um, it's almost been 100% um, when we leave the demos, they want, they can see that how much work reduction can happen. And you know, there's a whole this, uh, issue going on right now. There's not enough people joining law enforcement and all. And uh, the budgets are less. So when we can show the 30% reduction in law enforcement, I mean things that they, they want don't, don't want to do anyway. 30% reduction in what? In, in, in you know generally they're saying that there's a 30% deficit of people who are. I see. Uh, and and we can make the processes so efficient there. So there there is always a people because end of it in any system there are people who have to do work too running and when they see when they can identify um, those checks we can nicely cover they're excited mm -hmm. about it yeah. okay and 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 you said that almost a hundred percent will will want to buy the product once you, so you're basically saying if you can get in the door yes. if your sales guys get in the door and can leave a demo exactly. you've got a deal exactly much. and in I'll most you, cases in most cases I would tell you um, the biggest company in this uh, only in the company but they're head of sales who came to kind of just, you know, kind of snoop on us or kind of see what we were doing. Uh, once saw what we were doing, he resigned his global position and became head of our sales. So that, you know, because he was like, this is, a, <laughs> this is a change we need in industry. And uh, so we're excited about that. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Mo Veej of 365 Labs and Diana Liu of Arix Technologies. Diana, how big is, is Arix Technologies, and, and do you have partners working with you? You mentioned a couple of engineering students that you've worked on the robot with. 
Yeah, so we're still much smaller than most companies. Um, we're about 20 right now, um, spread between here uh, in Louisiana and Houston and in Europe. Um, and then we have, um, like him, kind of some investors scattered. Uh, we're really excited to have a lot of local investors, too, both here in, in New Orleans. Oh, that's great. So Louisiana investors. Yes, ma'am. What brought you to Louisiana? Were you working with Exxon here? Yes, ma'am. Okay, yeah. so you were working with Exxon, and then... Yeah, and I loved it. Louisiana is such a great place to start a business, and I think it's like one of the hidden secrets because um, the people are so, everyone's so helpful, everyone's so creative, and it's just like, you know how you started talking about Silicon Valley, but I think that when you're working on industries that Louisiana is really good at and knows about, there's no better place to really start than here because you have so much support, so much um, people, so much the ecosystem it's like um almost like a small town feel you know where everyone knows everyone everyone wants to help out so they keep introducing you around so yeah this we've loved fantastic. this i don't think i've ever heard anything <laughs> really? Really? Did, oh, I know. So and this is the new poster child for the baton rouge area chamber i was um, not fed any of this i was no. not no because that was i wanted to talk to you about the tech ecosystem here and and i think maybe to your point that was well taken that if you're focused on tech in the industries where we really already excel. Maybe that's the key because I think sometimes people try tech startup and there's no no base yeah. here for it, right? Yeah. I don't know. But I will, I will differ a little bit there. Fortunately for you, you know, you're in Exxon and there's a lot of engineers involved there so they can appreciate uh, the, the new engineering um, paradigm shifts you're making there. But in an industry which is very, a uh, lot of, you know, public scrutiny, a lot of media scrutiny and they're like, and People want us hold to the status quo that works, so that's a, it's very different in public safety yeah. and all. And we're um, even though they like it, but it's like how will it affect the process? There's a lot of holdback and pushback on those things there. But yeah, I mean I agree with you that there, Louisiana has done a great job of having the incubators and startups like we were talking about earlier, right? And uh, but at the same time, I think there is a mindset that tech is not as easily perceived here unless you're in the oil industry, you know. So most of the people. So I think there's a, That's you know, there yeah, yeah, very much so. And, and Mo, of course, you were in the tech park, the LSU right. Innovation Park, I think they call it now, for a long time. Yeah. And and it has grown and evolved in the years since you started out there, right. about almost 20 years ago. Right. Um, did you feel like you got the support you needed, not just from LSU per se, but sure. from the tech ecosystem here? The tech ecosystem. Yes and no. They, you know, there are people in the sense of there's a, there are people who are very willing to help, but I think a lot of the programs that have been put in place, whether they haven't evolved with the speed of things, have changed in tech, so they don't really provide the kind of support you need. So there's a lot of willingness, the intentions are good, but the, I think the programs haven't evolved as fast though. So that's kind of, you feel a difference there a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Interesting. Diana, are your, are your little robots only in Exxon refineries, or have y'all, or y'all in other plants up and down the river or around the world? Uh, you mentioned Europe. Yeah, so um, I think for all of their privacy, I'm, I won't, you know, say any any company's names. But just but, generally uh, speaking. Yeah, we're mostly in petrochemical and chemical um, downstream and midstream uh, right now. We've gotten a lot of requests from upstream, um, including a couple offshore, but you know, baby steps and. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was talking to Mo right before I'm this. Uh, the most exciting one for us has been power. So um, this one y'all can probably, you know, Google the company. But the uh, the energy provider for New York City is actually one of ours. 
uh, one of our favorite customers um, and being able to inspect their pipes underneath New York City has just been eye-opening for us. We, we love trying to help out however we can. Oh, that's so great. Um, Mo, I mentioned at Highland when I introduced you and it's this beautiful campus that you developed several years ago and now you're there with General Informatics. How is that working out? Is it the, you know, little like Apple campus in the South Baton no, Rouge yeah. that you had envisioned? Yeah. So, you know, the vision is still um, intact. I'm a, um, we're working on a phase two right now. Um, you know, there have been some changes to the original vision. We wanted to make it more office centric. And now it's more of a, uh, even like what's happening in California, they're kind of, people are working remotely. Mm. So we had to rethink the space. Um, that said, uh, we did get our permits and everything. The architects are working on phase two, which is almost a $70 million uh, uh, coming together. So hopefully we'll see construction in about a year there. And and will it be more office space or it's going to be mixed it's use? It's a mixed use. Yeah. That, yeah. But I mean, do you still feel like we need that sort of tech space where smart IT people can come together? Maybe Eric's Technologies can open an office yeah. there one day and y'all can work together. No, we would love to. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> But uh, the, the dynamics have changed, but still we feel like if we can bring people together, especially the things which require a lot of creativity and uh, interaction, you cannot substitute the remote. Uh, you know, I like to work remotely, but they're, you know, have, I absolutely want to be in office for things where your effectiveness is much higher. Yeah. How has the, um, the recruitment of and retention of workers gone for y'all? Diana, have you been able to find uh, talented and experienced coders or software engineers locally i know you, you're based <laughs> yeah, you're based in other places too but so i think um we haven't had uh, that much trouble um we've been so lately we've been hiring more hardware engineers robotics engineers our um our warehouse that we build is is in houston um, so we've been looking there, but software, kind of to most point, we hire anywhere. We um, are open to wherever the best talent is. So um, I think we, like I mentioned, be very be or you mentioned at the very beginning, we have um, some colleagues even in Europe. Um, so yeah, if they're in Baton Rouge, we are more than happy. <laughs> and I guess that's the great thing about about software. They can be anywhere and they can do their work from wherever, right? Right. I mean, in our case, you know, one of the I think the vision was to do it here, and uh, we're. We struggle with that at times. We have people who fly in Sundays and leave on Thursdays. Um, we're trying to, and that's part of the whole campus development to kind of pull them in here. Um, but the, I mean, one of the ideas was not just to do a company, but to do a company here. For us, very, very, uh, even with general informatics, if you see three years ago, I mean, there's a lot of pride that we have a Baton Rouge company in seven states now. Mm -hmm. It's headquartered in Baton Rouge. So the, one of the missions has always been that we need to, uh, have user conferences in Baton Rouge. I mean, that's how I see it. Our success yeah. will be when we can bring people here, you know, do things more like that. It's, it's hard, but but that's what the goal is. And and tell us how Gen General Informatics is doing. Um, a California private equity firm bought the majority Dallas share in them, and the, oh, Dallas, sorry. And they are expanding it all over, or is it? Yes. Yeah, so uh, from right from North Carolina to um, all the states in Gulf South till Texas. Um, there were about seven acquisitions in the last three years. So, so it's been growing um, from a small company to hundreds of people now. Um, again, headquartered in Baton Rouge. So there's do you still have a role in it? Yes, um, I'm a uh, 
still an investor, not a majority, but still a second uh, highest investor and also a board member. Okay. Yeah. So, but I wanted to focus 100% on a new thing. It was like, you know, you've done this, now you want to get into something. It's, uh, it's 20 years in G- uh, general informatics for a long period. Yeah. yeah. It's time for others to take on. There. Wonderful. And Diana, you mentioned um, the hardware aspect and your little robots are built in Texas, you said. How, how many do y'all churn out? <laughs> so um, luckily each robot can have pretty high utilization, so we base it off of a customer need. We just okay. want to keep them rolling at all times, and I think, actually if I can go back to the hiring piece, so even though we're hiring the technicians in Texas, I think what we found in Louisiana is just all the experience in the plants. We do hire inspectors, hmm. and you can't find this expertise anywhere else except along the Gulf Coast, along the Mississippi. So really? that's been just incredibly valuable. You know, from Baton Rouge down to New Orleans, uh, that that whole uh, area down to, uh, up to Lake Charles, everywhere. And do y'all have plans looking forward to create, say, new types of robotic systems that build off of, of what you're producing now? Yes, ma'am, absolutely. We have a laundry list of ones that customers have requested, and actually today is um, one of our uh, soft launches of one of our new robots. It's a uh, showing Mo right before this. It's um, several hundred, you know, several or a dozen feet in the air right now. Um, so fingers crossed. Fantastic. And Mo, what about 365 Labs? What's on the horizon for you guys? Right, so, you know, it's, the, the, it's, it's, it's become almost a, there were 72 different applications in GCT5 labs today. Wow. So we started, so it's, yeah, it's a lot. So it's, and it grows as we find different, trying to cover the entire ecosystem on a single base. So that's why I think it's become a unique uh, in the country, I mean, uh, in that sense. Well, Mo Vige and Diana Liu, you both are a reminder that Louisiana is about more than food, fun, and festivals. We have creative capital here, but we also have a successful and innovative tech sector with entrepreneurs who bring a wealth of IT experience to not only this community, but the market overall. It's great to know y'all are in Baton Rouge. Thanks so much for all your hard work and for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks so much for having us. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Mo Veach of 365 Labs and Diana Liu of Arix Technologies. You can find out more about 365 Labs and Arix Technologies by going to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays.
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.